to The Check-In. This is City Limits weekly newsroom podcast where we talk to some of our reporting staff about the stories that they're working on. My name is Jean Marie Evely. I'm the executive editor with City Limits and I'm joined today by Jarrett Murphy, fellow editor, who's going to talk to us about some of the reporting that he did recently relating to nonprofit groups that work with the city and their legal liabilities. Hi, Jarrett. How are you this week? I'm quite well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm trying to stay warm. Uh, so tell us about the story that you reported on um, this month relating to nonprofits that work with the city and specifically their sort of relationship and their legal relationship with the de Blasio administration. Um, this was regarding business improvement districts and parks partner groups. So what kind of role do these organizations play um, and what is sort of their function in the city? Well, it's interesting because nonprofits do a lot of the work that we think government is doing in New York City. You know, a lot of human service work, a lot of obviously um, uh, work in terms of after school activities, all that stuff. Um, and so they play a huge role. And it's always been an interesting relationship, sometimes a little tense. And um, it certainly has gotten tense occasionally under Mayor de Blasio. But this specific issue is about the question of legal liability. And so sometimes these organizations um, help the city to control space. Um, for instance, a lot of parks organizations organize volunteers, um, do cleanups, do some programming in parks, maybe a little bit of maintenance um, under contracts with the city. Business improvement districts have a lot of different roles in terms of cleaning up um, commercial strips and doing programs there, trying to bring more people, more foot traffic to commercial strips. But since Mayor Bloomberg, when the city began creating these new pedestrian kind of um, plazas, you know, areas where you used to have a street, now you have chairs set up and planters, they have taken over, in many cases, the kind of maintenance and upkeep of them. And so the question has been, what happens if someone falls down and sues? And the information I've received is that in the past, the city largely indemnified the small nonprofits from having to deal with a lawsuit. And it seems now, while the law department says that there's no big trend underway, the reports from, from bids are that there's been some difficult negotiations with the city over liability involving the plazas, although it does seem like they have reached some kind of compromise. But with the parks groups, there's a lot of concern uh, among some that are, uh, are actively negotiating their new deals, um, dealing with potential lawsuits that the city is providing less legal cover than it used to. And what does that mean for some of these groups? I know you mentioned that they vary in size. Um, parks groups specifically, there's a little bit of a kind of a controversial background about their relationships to parks, especially in terms of resources between different types of groups and the role they play in the park system. Yeah, what's at stake here for some of these groups? You mentioned in your story, right, a lawsuit for maybe a smaller organization can be pretty devastating um, if they have to handle the liabilities for that. Oh, totally. For some groups, they see this as a potential existential threat because, you know, the the possibility of a lawsuit itself, even the risk of it can be problematic because it affects how much you pay for insurance. Um, and some organizations feel they might be uninsurable depending on the level of risk they're uh, exposed to. If a claim actually occurs, it can really take over an organization and require a lot of staff time. And these organizations don't typically have large legal staffs or departments to deal with this. Um, it can complicate your relationship with your board and with your donors because suddenly people might become aware of the fact that they are donating money or raising money not to fund the programs they like in the parks, but to pay out for a lawsuit or pay legal fees related to a lawsuit. So it can have a multifaceted effect. And I think to your earlier point, you know, yes, 
Parks groups have, have long been controversial in the city. They began really in the 70s during the fiscal crisis, particularly in Central Park, as a way to try to plug the gap. Um, they do involve private money, private philanthropy in managing or using a public resource. And, you know, on some level, for some people, that is troubling. And there's been some antipathy to Parks Conservancies, particularly the larger ones, um, under de Blasio by some progressives, including him. Um, what people point out is that, look, these organizations affected by this particular controversy tend to actually be really small, operating in neighborhoods where there really isn't a lot of money, where they are bringing some necessary resources to bear, while the kind of big players on the scene, like the Central Parks Conservancy, um, typically don't have to fear the kind of legal implications they do. And I know for you reporting this story, a lot of um, sources maybe were a little reluctant to be named and speak on the record. So it sounds like obviously there's, you know, it's a little bit of a, of a kind of intense relationship between the city and some of these groups. Yeah, there was a lot of concern about that. A lot of people didn't want to talk on the record or talk at all. And I think it reflects just how close this relationship is. Um, you know, I think there was a fear of retaliation, but, but also just that, you know, these organizations work really cheek to jowl with the Parks Department. Um, you know, they, these organizations raise money to hire Parks employees and they kind of work closely together. And in some cases, people who run these organizations supervise, you know, both groups of workers. Um, and so I think it, this is part of what makes it difficult as they are really wired into the operations of the city. And so it's difficult for them to deal with something like a kind of separate legal liability. And all of these groups sort of have their individual relationships with the city. And that was kind of what the city's response was, right? What they said is that there's no, there's been no policy decision to try to reduce the city's legal liability vis-a-vis these small park organizations. Um, the impression that the group of organizations I spoke to, including um, the New Yorkers for Parks, which is kind of an advocacy group for parks generally and for these groups, is that they, they see this as a trend. The city says it takes each relationship on its own, evaluates them, um, and is always looking to make sure it's shouldering the right amount of legal responsibility. And it is true, you know, none of these, there's no cookie cutter arrangement. Each park is different. Each organization's history is different. Um, you know, some are more like friends groups. Others are sort of full-blown conservancies. Um, and I should say that some organizations have not yet dealt with this. I think the fear is that eventually everyone will. Um, one thing that's interesting is that I talked to sources about whether they thought this was coming from de Blasio and others not liking private money being involved in parks. And most people thought this was not affected. The city was simply trying to limit its legal liability, which it is always doing. Obviously, the city is sued many, many times every year, spends hundreds of millions of dollars settling their suits or paying judgments. So it's sort of a question, not so much of people being against these organizations, but sort of the goal of reducing liability against the goal of letting these organizations work in parks haven't been reconciled yet. And you mentioned um, business improvement districts and that their situation was a little bit different. Yeah, in terms of the city, the pedestrian plaza program is fairly new. I mean, there have been plazas for a long time and a lot of plazas in the program actually existed before Bloomberg launched the program and kind of took them over, but it's a relatively new thing. And so bids have been around for a long time. And for people who don't know, bids or business improvement districts, they are, are funded <clears throat> by money from property owners in a strip. It's kind of like a self-imposed tax 
organizations fund the bid and it does things like awnings programs and street cleanups and you know they bring in musicians to play and that kind of stuff and then in some cases not all in some cases these plazas have been taken over by bids for maintenance um, so this was not so much like a long-standing legal arrangement that was changing this was something the city and these organizations were trying to come up with on the fly and it was you know tense at times fraught um, some organizations are satisfied that the city has now dialed back liability to kind of an appropriate share others are still worried about what this might mean just because if you think about it you know a new york city street uh it's a beautiful place it's an exciting place but a lot of different things can happen there you know when you are, are in charge to some degree of securing and maintaining a plaza that's exposed to traffic, weather, you know, all kinds of crazy things that happen in the city, terrorist attacks. Um, that's a large list of liability and that can be a hard thing, once again, for a small organization and bids are pretty small too, uh, to deal with. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Jared. I appreciate you uh, talking with us about this story today. Always a pleasure. Once again, that was Jarrett Murphy um, talking to us about a story that he reported this week. And you can find that piece as well as the rest of our coverage at citylimits.org. Thanks so much for checking in with us this week. We'll have another episode um, next week about other things that we're working on here at City Limits. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Take care. Bye.